Good morning, Wastelanders. This is Streaming Wasteland. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Streaming Wasteland. Streaming Wasteland. Streaming Wasteland. I'm Greg. Hi, Greg. And with me always... And Ringo. With me always is Ringo. Hi, Ringo. Yeah, we should probably talk about this movie. This movie is terrible. Say, say we both recommend this movie. I would say skip this movie. Yeah, don't watch this. Worst plot I've ever seen. This movie had some interesting twists and turns that I, I definitely enjoyed. You know what they say, once you're 18, monsters are your problem. The creature that we're dealing with is called the Dark Mother. Yeah. I just called her Dear Mommy. Do you want to go mm-hmm. ahead and jump back in? All right, we should probably dive into this. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to Streaming Wasteland. I'm Greg, and with me always is Ringo. Say hi, Ringo. Hi, Ringo. This week, we're taking a look at 2017's Logan Lucky, which is on Paramount. What have you been watching this week, dude? This week, we ended up watching Futurama and what we do in the shadows that's what we oh did. the new futurama right the no no we're oh. we're because i had never watched the original hmm. so we're catching up on that and i believe my wife hasn't watched the entire first season the first era of futurama so we're working on that and then once we go ahead and get through that we'll go ahead and watch the the new stuff in like 30 years because it took me 30 years to go ahead and get to this one well, I mean, there's like a hundred something episodes. It'd be hard to watch all of the original. We're on like season six or eight, somewhere between six and eight. I guess I should clarify. It would have been hard to watch the original back when it was on all in its its yeah. fullness because binging didn't exist and streaming didn't exist. And this podcast didn't exist. Yeah. That was a good time. When you, on streaming. That was a good time when you, you know didn't have to worry about binging stuff i don't worry about binging stuff as much i've i've given look not given up but i just don't care as much about staying current on almost anything so i don't know i think that now that there are so few shows that i actively discuss with anybody i just don't care about staying current i'll watch it when i watch it yeah he doesn't like discussing stuff with me guys unless of course we're here on the podcast <laughs> you don't watch anything that I watch. <laughs> when was the last time you saw an episode of Criminal Minds? Huh? You don't even know what an unsub is. The last time I watched Criminal Minds, I was like 17. I don't I know if that tracks timeline wise, but I don't care enough to find out. So I believe you. <laughs> I was a child. I had hope. <laughs> and then what happened? <laughs> I joined the army. <laughs> I'm not saying, but I'm saying, you know, maybe don't join the army, guys, or do it. I, I'm not your parent. Hell, I'm not. I'm not your conscience either. Do whatever you want to do. <laughs> Just don't get a goddamn military tattoo before going in. I said that in the the other recording we did. So what I'm hearing is that people should get a military tattoo, even if they're not enlisted. Go ahead, do it. On the off chance that they will join. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, I'm not stopping anybody. See, you heard it here from a vet. Ringo says, go ahead and do it. It's totally fine. <laughs> I'm glad a lot of my vet friends aren't going to listen to this. Cause... Oh, you wait till I send the, the edited clip of you into Fox News. <laughs> I either become a spokesman for Fox News unwittingly or man, <laughs> my life is about to change one way or the other. <laughs> I joined the Army 269 Robin Williams. <laughs> <laughs> And Jackie Chan. And I got a tattoo of a mushroom stamp. Sarah Cock. Sarah Cock. Cock. I don't need to edit that one. That's just Sarah Cock. Fuck.
<laughs> Jesus, save me! I don't trust bees because in the army, I sixty nine Jackie Chan. Hello, that's gonna I'm make it, That's gonna make a good sound bite. I yeah, I should string these all together like the end of the year and just make a whole fifteen minute like serial killer speech. You remember in Die Hard Four that that clip that they released to like tell everybody that the U.S. government was being taken down? Mm-hmm. It's gonna be like a montage like that. I'll put the Star Spangled Banner behind it. I'm pretty sure that's what. Yeah. That's I like I like it. That's sweet. That'll be a project for in the future. I've got so many other projects. <laughs> Actually, I really don't have that many other projects. They're just big projects, and they're taking mm-hmm. time. I drastically underestimated how long it was going to take to edit together this YouTube video because now that I'm looking at the visual component, I'm just like, oh fuck, I should add this. I should add this. I should add this. And yeah. you know, those things take time. As I have minimal experience video editing in this style. You want me to whip together an ESRB video? I can do that for you. If you're out there <laughs> listening to this and you have a job for an ESRB editor, call me. But also, spoilers, anybody can do it from their desk in about five minutes. <laughs> Unless the ESRB has drastically changed, it's really not that hard. You get to a scene, you hit the record button on OBS, and then you copy and paste that all into one file. Then you watch the file, add timestamps, and send it to New York. I think that's where they are. Also, the SRB is a fucking scam. Anyway. Yeah, I guess we should talk about this movie then, huh? Or you know, or talk about what you've been doing this week. I mean one way oh, or the other. Fucking, the SRB is a scam. I'll just talk about that. Yeah. Okay. So in case you guys don't know, ninety eight percent this might not be as true anymore, but Ninety something percent of game sales are were done through retailers through most of the two thousands and the two thousand tens. And as such, the retailers and the console makers all set fucking rules about whether or not you could put out games that had ratings of certain types on their consoles. So that's why you don't see any adult only games on like the 360 or the PlayStation. And you might be thinking, oh, well, maybe those companies are just prudish. No, it's because Walmart won't sell them. It's because Target won't sell them. And who determines what ratings your games get? Oh, the ESRB. So you could have a game that has, I don't know, just full on dicks just hanging out, just people walking around. But as long as it's a a tasteful dick scene, you know, walking around, they might give you like an M for, you know, nudity, sexual imagery. But if, for whatever reason, your reviewer decides, wow, that's over the line. I don't feel like that's tasteful. That's an AO rating. And you either have to edit your game and resubmit to the ESRB, which takes time and costs money, or you have to just suck it up and you won't be able to sell your game anywhere physically. And no console will let you be on there, which for a console game is pretty much a death knell. So who does these ratings? It's fucking secret. Much like the MPAA, reviewers are kept secret to protect their anonymity. There's no selection process. This is a non-regulated body that has just inserted itself into the video game industry. And it's a fucking scam, just like the MPAA. And I think it's bullshit. And I hope that as since we've moved towards more and more digital distribution, the power of the SRB has waned. I don't care for any model in which some random group of strangers can just say, nope, I don't like it. Therefore, it doesn't get put out. I don't like the kind of hand padding, not hand padding, back padding monopoly that the retailers and the console makers could impose 
like economic sanctions for all intents and purposes on a developer trying to do something different. It is one of the reasons I moved away from console gaming years ago that, and I just didn't want to keep buying new consoles. And honestly, I can't tell you what the main difference is between some of the new consoles anymore. Anyway, what's the, what's the series S versus a series X. I don't even fucking know, but the whole thing's bullshit. And just, I mean, think about that next time you ever wonder when you're playing a game that's supposed to be some sort of mature storytelling, how come the most mature thing you see is boobs or blood? And it's because they still wanted teenage boys to buy these games and Walmart wouldn't sell anything past mature and yada, yada, yada. So Mm. fuck all that. Walmart, pay your employees, stop putting small businesses out of business. Everybody else do, do better, be right. Game makers, please make the games you want to make. And I promise you people on PC will buy them and figure out ways to port them onto consoles. Oh, for sure. So yeah, just real quick, you know, put in on on, on Ringo's part here. Come here to Streaming Wastelands where we'll go ahead and tell you whether or not to watch this movie. And we'll go ahead and give you some secret info that no one ever fucking realizes about something that we, we appreciate, like video games. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've worked in the game industry for years. That's my source, for the record. Source is me having to deal with the SRB. So uh, I don't know what's... <laughs> I'm pretty sure all my NDAs from that time have expired, but I'm not 100% sure. I worked for a company. Part of my job was to make sure that the SRB stuff got delivered on time, and it was always a pain. I do have some funny stories from it. They... The SRB, at least to their credit, they make you put context of why an action happens. So you can't just send them a clip of somebody getting shot and then that's it. Just like bang and somebody dies. They need to know why because it does matter a little bit context wise, which is something I can agree with. So from time to time, some people will get creative with it. I had a coworker who wrote that when he was working on a game that a character jumped off of a cliff and fell and died and the ESRB wanted more information than that. So he said they jumped off a cliff and fell and died and they died due to gravity. Gravity was this is the force generated by the earth rotating on its axis. And he went into this really long winded description of how gravity works. And I found that I found that to be quite amusing. It made my day. It did not make the day of the person who was making that video. <laughs> anyway, I can rant about, past game i'm sure the industry is slightly better now at least in that way there's worse in other ways and, and if you want to know more you can buy my thoughts for 2.99 a thought go ahead and just send us money put in the mail send it to streaming wasteland at ringo's house in the usa and we will once we confirm payment we will gladly i will give you one thought that's my new mtx i learned it from all the games i play now and no joke, if uh, an envelope shows up in my house, I will contact Greg and Tom. Hey, guess what? We've got a customer. If an envelope shows up at your house, based on me saying Ringo's house in the USA, we have a different problem because that person's a stalker and you're going to die. Yeah. <laughs> Just as so long as they don't call me and tell me that, you know, if I leave the house, they're going to go ahead and kill everybody I love and that, you know, my best friend, aka you, has been sleeping with my girlfriend named Peyton. That seems oh, wait, that's unlikely. a different movie. That, yeah, that's that a different seems, movie. This seems unlikely to happen. I think what's going to happen is you're going to find out that I've recruited you into a scam to rob a racetrack. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes more sense. Which brings us right to Logan Lucky. <clears throat> Logan Lucky came out in 2017. It is currently available on Paramount. It is rated PG-13 for language and some crude comments. See how the other half steals. This movie stars Channing Tatum as Jimmy. Adam Driver as Clyde. Daniel Craig as Joe, Riley Keough as Melly, and Farrah McKenzie as Sadie. After getting fired from his job, Jimmy Logan and his brother Clyde hatch a plan to steal all the money from the Charlotte Motor Speedway. 
To do this, they'll need the help of their sister Melly, as well as Joe Bang, an incarcerated safecracker. Will they be able to pull it off, or will the Logan curse bring the whole plan crumbling down? I thought this movie was pretty meh. I didn't hate it, didn't love it. I think it's a fine movie. I don't think there is anything in specific wrong with it. It just, I don't know, it was paced oddly, and I didn't feel like it ever really gripped me. I think that's fair. I definitely found some entertainment in it, considering we had two movies this week, and, you know, this weekend was a pain in the ass to deal with. So jumping into this, I think I was at a low point when I started watching it, so it definitely pulled me up. I was, I don't know, it it really got to me, especially with, like, the, not, it didn't get to me, but it, it entertained me slightly for the most part, especially with the West Virginia yeah, but I almost feel like that's cheating. I feel mm-hmm. like West Virginia specifically, but Alabama and a few other states that have really famous classic songs about them get to throw those songs in anytime they can. And everyone's like, oh, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, good on them. But John Denver died a long time ago and that yeah. song's not getting any newer. It's still a bop. I still like it, but it doesn't win me over anymore. Well, you know, same and- way that like. Anytime they show anybody getting ready to do something and start playing Fortunate Son by Credence, <laughs> I'm just kind of like, all right, I get that this is about to be a moment, but pass. Well, and you know, the, the funny thing about it is like the more I talked to you and the more I thought about the movie, the more I was like, you're, you're honestly pretty spot on. The movie was meh. There's not a lot that, you know, really happens throughout the movie other than like trying to figure out a plan to do their Ocean 7-Eleven aspect. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought... Just quick, just interrupt you real quick. I thought those names that they gave the movie at the end, the Ocean Seven Eleven, etc., that was fucking hilarious. Those yeah. were good names, and I was thinking as as I was watching the movie, I was like, I should come up with some quip to call this movie on the podcast. And then they came up with those, and I was like, or I guess I don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> They call it a hillbilly heist, too. I was like, fuck, that was right there on my tongue. I was like, a hillbilly hijinks. And I was like, no, that's not quite right. And they're like, hillbilly heist. I'm like, hillbilly. Ah, they already said it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the I think the thing that got me excited was the fact that they had the the cast that they did. I mean, I saw Adam Driver. And as we said, when we were talking about 65 and was it the week beforehand that we did the man who killed Don Quixote? Yeah, we've been on a bit of an Adam Driver binge. Yeah, because after we had the conversation about Adam Driver and how he is at acting, I was like, I'm going to throw this up on our list for this week to go ahead and watch because I'm I'm really on that Adam Driver binge now. Now that we had that conversation about it and talking to you about this movie kind of made me realize that Adam Driver is, yeah, he's I think he's a really good actor. I think that in this one he plays the character really well and that's what I was excited about him and Channing Tatum. Yeah, what I mean, I think to to the credit of the entire cast, everybody actually does a really good job here. There's no mm-hmm. really weak performances. I don't think anybody's a bad actor. I guess Hillary Swank laid it on a little thick as the FBI agent, but she was also only in the movie for like 10 minutes, so yeah. really didn't bother me too much. But I just think for me, this was just a boring take on the Ocean's formula which I believe the director, Steven Soderbergh, directed the Ocean's Eleven remake, like 98% on that. So I'm double-checking right now, but pretty sure. 
And so it just felt like he wanted to keep doing the same thing again. It's fine. I don't have an issue in specific with this movie. There are things that I don't like. There was a bunch of stuff in here that was just shots of how things are down in West Virginia. And the one that stands out in my mind was the fair that they went to where they we had to watch the what lawnmower race and then there's just shots of pigs running around and i don't think it was a particularly long scene i've been two minutes at most i get what it was doing which was trying to ram home how different it is here look how simple it is here in west virginia so beautiful and even the tagline of the movie see how the other half steals right in contrast to Ocean's Eleven, this sophisticated plan full of, you know, twists and turns and technological stuff. This is the other way, the simpler theft, even though nothing about their plan was simple. I get it. I just don't want it. And that's always going to be something for me that when it comes to country versus city, I'm on the side of city. When it comes to (laughs) look at our down home, yada, yada, I get it. And I will say, I started this by talking about how, you know, West Virginia or was it Country Roads is Mm -hmm. always in movies about West Virginia. I get it. I'm from California. There are no shortage of songs about California. I can't see a California movie without hearing either California Dreamin', California Love, or something by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I'm also sick of those. (laughs) I wish people would write new songs about them. (laughs) I I get what you're you're saying. I I like that because I grew up in a a small town when I, when I, gets down to some of the the nuts and bolts but i can see where you're coming from at the same point in time and you know it like like i said earlier on i come at this movie after watching it i'm like i like it and then i start thinking about it and i think that's that's the hard part for me is once i start thinking about a movie like this i start kind of going you know it was kind of empty not really empty but kind of empty like it was there but it it wasn't kind of like trying to duplicate the Ocean's Eleven, mm-hmm. but doing it on a hometown level, mm-hmm. and you know, I, I there were things that I that I like that I appreciated about it. I mean, the sorry, Daniel Craig, Daniel Craig going ahead and breaking down in the middle of their heist to go ahead and give them a science lesson. Oh yeah, that was hilarious. That I love that. <laughs> also. <laughs> When the bomb didn't go off and he like <laughs> looks at it and he goes, oh, I see what happened. I twisted the bag one too many times. That that made me legit laugh because that is some that you don't have to be from the country for that. That is three friends who are fucking doing dumb shit. And they're like, wait, how come it didn't work? And then somebody's <laughs> like, oh, see what happened. Like, I, I love how like Adam Driver catches the, the bomb and yeah. is just like standing there. <laughs> don't breathe. I'm not. Don't move. I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, this, I honestly, like, the dialogue was great. The the heist itself was fun. I enjoyed watching the double heist of basically getting the two guys out of prison and then also then breaking in, doing the robbery and getting them back. I thought that was Mm -hmm. fun, if not a little bit stretch of, you know, stretching your believability. But for me, I think this movie could have been 10, 15 minutes shorter and it would have felt great. I do feel yeah. like the beginning took a long time to get going. I, I got it. I got it pretty much immediately. Channing Tatum is a loving father who is separated from his wife. He is trying to get back on his feet, but she's moving. He doesn't have money for a lawyer. She's she and her new husband are taking the kid across state lines. Visitation is going to be harder. He just lost his job. I got that. I didn't need that 
compounded upon. I understood from the opening scene that the daughter was important to him because you and I understand things like subtext and mm-hmm. what a scene means. And so I, I feel like maybe more so than anything else. That was my biggest issue with this movie is it, it just could have been a little bit faster. And for what it's worth, I haven't seen the original oceans or not the original, but I guess the remake oceans 11 in a long time. I feel like I felt the same way about that movie is it could have been 15, 20 minutes faster and I would have liked it. And I know that is the millennial being, you know, Oh, it's too long. My attention, blah, 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 blah. But I mean, (laughs) facts, sorry. Like I just, I couldn't, it's not that I couldn't pay attention. I just felt like there were too many times where looking at a scene that seemed to be devoid of emotion or meaning, I didn't find a reason for the scene to be there. Yeah. And the scenes that I, I did find in there that were, or not that I did find, but scenes that were in there that I could see what they were going for sometimes just didn't land with me. I didn't yeah. need two little kids being like, you know, that song's not about umbrellas. It's about vaginas. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. all right. Yeah. Like we get it. And I know pretty sure that song was a lot more popular when this movie came out, but it's obviously dated now. It's just one of those things where I am. I don't know. I found myself, I found myself wishing for a faster movie or something more to happen. Mm-hmm. I figured at the end when they were talking about, Oh, they found all the money, etc." that of course they didn't find all the money. They definitely got some of it away. There was a second plan in motion. And then seeing that play out, I was like, of course. And the little bit where the FBI agent busts the speed, speed track owner is like, how did you know how much money to ask for? That was uh, cute, I guess, but it also was extra time in a movie that I already felt was a little too long. So I don't know. Like I said, ends up being met. There's nothing negative to really take away from here. It is a finely acted movie. It is funny at times. It is definitely country as fuck. It has a cool Mustang in it. And like we talked about some really cool or some really classic music. You you said something that made me think of a question, and I want your opinion on this. You know, because okay. we we've had the we've had this kind of thing come up a couple times. Where like, you know, you don't need to go ahead and drive home this aspect. And you were talking about like the opening when the question popped up, mm-hmm. and the question is, why do you think that like in a lot of these movies we end up getting that sort of thing where it's like the writer or the director or someone who was in charge of putting this together decided that we needed these, these moments that kind of just, you know, leave us kind of going, why was this so fucking long? Like, are you asking like why there's so many scenes where it's like, okay, we get it. Yeah. I think two reasons. One is in a lot of cases, especially stuff involving kids, it's easy emotional points. Right. So I'd say probably like something like 65%, maybe 70% of the world has children or close family that has children. And so these scenes are easily relatable and we tend to like things that we relate to. And I think the other part of it is there, we, this is going to sound overly boomerish of me. We live in a time where people are looking for their cell phones to amuse even split seconds in between the moments that they find boring. And so there is no guarantee for any given screenwriter or director or actor that, they can count on the audience to like 
eat up the subtext. And I mean, let's be real. You and I, when we're not watching movies for this podcast, we're probably like fucking around on our phones unless we're really, really into the movie. And so what could we say for sure that we would have picked up on every piece of subtext, every piece of nonverbal signaling that was in the movie if we hadn't been trying to watch it specifically for this. I don't know, but I think that's the gamble that a lot of these studios are taking is that we better hammer this point fucking home so that people make sure they get it. Because I think even more than a movie being bad, the death knell for a lot of movies is I didn't get it. It was confusing because that's going to tell other people that haven't seen it day one or that aren't necessarily movie critics that there was that something's wrong with the movie and that they're going to end up wasting their time because even in a bad movie, at least you get it. We just recorded an episode. It's not out yet, but for the movie don't hang up, which we both agreed was terrible, but I don't think either, either of us were confused at any point by the plot. We didn't miss any subtext and we didn't miss any big action points. It was a very straightforward movie. So even though it's a bad movie, you can say you won't miss anything, right? It's a, it's linear as fuck. It's straightforward. There's, one twist and it's so stupid even if we told you about it you wouldn't believe it so (laughs) for this movie i think that because there was a lot of twists and turns and it was easy to lose the human element in it they wanted to make sure that we really like jimmy's doing this all for his daughter jimmy's doing this all for his brother this is all about other people and that's kind of also coding the the robbery as more of a robin hood type thing Mm -hmm. but I think that's why. I think that's why so often in these movies, you and I will be saying, we got it. We fucking get it. And in movies where we don't end up saying that, it might even be worth asking, what is it that they did? 65, we didn't really have that at all. There was no scene where we were like, okay, okay. And I think that's because that is a movie that literally started with, with here is the start of the race. Here is the timer, which is this fucking comet. And here is the end point, which is your escape pod. There's dinosaurs on the way. Go. And so we didn't have much to say. <laughs> we get it. There's dinosaurs. That'd be stupid. Of course, there's dinosaurs. Same. If we were criticizing this movie, it's like, oh, we get it. They're they're clever. Then that feels a little bit shallow or hollow. That's not mm-hmm. good criticism. So that's what I think. That's my thoughts on that. I, I can agree with that. I can get behind that. I just, it, it hit me while you were saying it. And I was just kind of like thinking about it going, why is it that so many movies that you and I have critiqued, you know, we've kind of gone, we get it, move on, give us, yeah. give us the story. Well, and I think part of part of that might be just the movies we're selecting. This is one of the more popular films we've reviewed. It has decent ratings on IMDb and on Rotten Tomatoes, and a lot of people have seen it. I believe right now it looks like it is ranked one thousand seventy seventh of the most popular movies on IMDb, which is pretty good for a movie that came out eight years ago mm-hmm. seven years ago i'm not good at math but whatever <laughs> so something else i wanted to talk about i didn't find this out until yesterday when i was reading about this movie but i guess one steven soderbergh did a interesting thing in distributing this movie he basically paid for all the production by pre-selling all the rights etc to various streaming services mm. and as such this movie didn't need to make as much money at the box office to be considered a success, which is fantastic because it double, it basically made double its budget at the box office. It looks like it had a budget of 29 million and it made 48. So a little under double. So good on them. But the other thing that's interesting is apparently the screenwriter has never been confirmed to be a real person. What? Yeah. the, The screenwriter's name is Rebecca Blunt. 
And there is some speculation. So only Steven Soderbergh and Adam Driver have personally vouched for this person's existence. And they believe that this person might be British. They believe that some people believe that this might be Soderbergh's wife, but nobody has able been able to confirm this identity. This person may or may not actually exist. I think that's actually interesting. And it's a fun thing to add into a movie that's already full of like heists and like Mr. X. What if it wasn't directed by somebody real? So you mentioned that and apparently there, the, it could have been figured out. Oh yeah. Yeah. This article here, and I will have to go ahead and do a double check to make sure that it's accurate. But the 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 article goes ahead and says that. Oh God, where the fuck is it going to be? I don't know. Actually, I got to this quote here: "Whether Blunt <laughs> is a pseudonym or not, she is credited as a female screenwriter in an industry that seems to be finally catching up to gender equality." Blunt responded, "Well, bluntly, I am a woman." There's a lot of words, so I don't know. Maybe they did, maybe they didn't. I'm not about to go ahead and sit here and read the thousand or so words to go ahead and get us the answer in this moment, but I will go ahead and post about it. Sounds good. Written to me. by yeah, Jules can... Asner. Yeah, Soderbergh's wife, that's who people say did it, but I don't think there's ever been any confirmation. Yeah. So with there not being any confirmation, that's kind of Jules Asner is just attached to Rebecca Blunt now. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. That's that's cool. Yeah, I think it's a fun little, like I said, fun little mystery to add on to a heisty type movie. Yeah, I don't have much else to to add on to this. This is a, I guess, this is a fine movie if you are into heist movies. I, as I said a couple times, I don't have a problem with this film. I think it's very fine. It's just a little. The pacing isn't for me, and in that sense. I wouldn't recommend it, but I also wouldn't stop anybody. If somebody was like, oh, yeah, I've been thinking about watching this movie, Logan Lucky. I'm on a Channing Tatum kick. I wouldn't be like, no, I just <laughs> say, I mean, it's it's a little bit slow. Hope you like John Denver. <laughs> I would tell you, you suck my arm off. <laughs> yeah. So we didn't really talk about that. I do appreciate that they showed both Adam Driver and Channing Tatum as people who have prosthetics. I think mm-hmm. that there is that that's underrepresented in movies, and I think that's cool. Yeah, I, I thought that was a good way to go ahead and play it. Oh, real quick, I, I know I'm extending our time a little bit here, but is the is the ferret a fucking cryptid? Did you see that that part there? The the ferret pops up and then disappears. The <laughs> ferret man. <laughs> it might be. I don't know. That's I know cryptids are big in West Virginia with the Mothman and everything, so it's entirely possible that's what they were referencing. Okay, because like I was, I watched that and like the two brothers didn't respond to the the ferret man walking up, handing them the bag, turning around and then disappearing. I was like, "What the fuck is the ferret man a goddamn cryptid?" Yeah, I grew up in a small ta- hometown, so I mean, you know, I can fall in the cryptid rabbit hole real easy. That being said, I I want to say that I would recommend this movie, but I don't think I would. I really don't think I would. I think that if someone asked me, you know, if you had a action comedy drama. Eh, not drama. Action comedy. I think action comedy is closer to what this would be. Would you recommend anything? I'd be like, "Mm, I got some stuff I could recommend, but Logan Lucky would be like 10th on that list, maybe? Yeah. Okay, so here's a question for you. Would you recommend this above Vanguard? Vanguard. The Jackie Chan one we reviewed? Yes. Yes. Okay. 
Uh, yeah, I think I'd I put think, it above Vanguard too. Yeah, I, I think that this one compared to Vanguard. Van, I liked Vanguard, but I mean, Vanguard would. <laughs> It ended and kept going, and ended mm-hmm. and kept going, and ended and kept going. Whereas with Logan Lucky, I mean, when it ended, it ended. So, yeah, that's my my take on it. This would be on the top, well, not top, but it would definitely be in action thriller comedy list of movies to recommend. Yeah, and also I would recommend this for NASCAR fans as the yeah. entire thing takes place during a, a NASCAR race. Well, not the whole entire thing, but the crux of the action takes place during a NASCAR race, and there are several NASCAR drivers who make cameo appearances, so that's pretty nifty. Well, on that note, this has been Logan Lucky, and we've been streaming Wasteland. Check us out on Twitter, Threads, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram. I feel like I'm forgetting one, but... Oh, X. I mean, not Twitter. Sorry, it's X. <laughs> and yeah, you can find this podcast anywhere podcasts are. Tell your friends. If you liked it, please think about writing us a comment. Just tell us how wrong we are about John Denver or West Virginia or tell me which California song you like that is you know definitely not overplayed. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll try to respond to those comments. Say goodbye, Ringo. West Virginia. Bye, Ringo. <laughs> He's taking those country roads all the way home <laughs> to... West Washington. <laughs> West Washington. Yeah, it doesn't have the same ring. All of our songs are about suicide. <laughs> Put John Denver next to some Alice in Chains to see what happens. 